Psychology in Seattle. So, Berto, have you seen the new season, season five of Black Mirror? Wow, the very long, extra long season with so many episodes. Yes, I have. So let's talk about it. What do you say? Oh, let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. And my favorite episode is the one with the pig. Who are you, Berto? Oh, my God. No way. My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I specialize in creating and then dissolving contracts. <laughs> uh, and my favorite episode is, it could be the pig one, but I'm going to go with White Christmas. Yeah. We're joking about the pig one. We both hate it. Uh, I would say White Christmas by far <laughs> is my favorite. Can I tell you, um, it happened again. I'm talking to someone. Uh, from work, you know, we're, we're working on a, dissolving a contract. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, have you seen the new season of uh, Black Mirror? No, no, I, I haven't watched that show really. I'm like, oh, how come? Well, I tried watching the first episode and I just was, it was, I was grossed out. It was so confusing. It was, and I'm like, no, no, another one bites the dust. And I explained the whole thing. Like, you got to, like, not watch the first episode. Skip over it. I wish it came with a warning. Ah, Yeah. <clears throat> so, Striking Vipers, episode one, season five. Mortal Kombat! Down, 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 down. As you were watching that, were you thinking about you and I? Oh, yeah. Mortal kombat together. But did it occur to you at all? <laughs> oh, I thought of all my friends that way. I've, <laughs> I bet I've thought of that for years. <laughs> yeah. Of course, dude. Like, every time I've ever played a video game with anybody, it's like, <laughs> like, come on. Like, that's crazy because, you know, like, normally you're, you're in the game. You're just... You know, doing the thing that the game does. But if the game let you do that, that... <laughs> right. So we're going to spoil every episode, season uh, five, and probably every episode is... Spoiler alert. ...every season because yeah. we want to talk to people who have actually watched it. So we'll reference things. And, and so. Black Mirror is one of those things that if you have it... Uh, if you have it ruined for you, it's ruined. You know, yep. you don't want to spoil this ruin. So... Um, in Striking Vipers, very brief synopsis, you have two friends, two African-American guys who uh, they start playing this VR game, but it's like all immersive where right. you put this device on your head and you, you enter the world, you feel the world, right. and they play this, uh, this Tekken-style game with each other. And, and they used to play it. Um, back when it was a normal game. Right. And then years and years later, they get the VR version. Right. It ported over to the yeah. ultra VR version. Right. And they chose their their favorite characters. And one of the guys would always pick this Asian girl right. who was like whatever the girl in the yellow dress was in Tekken. Right. Or Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then... And then one of the guys that always played Lance, which is like, what was his name? Like Akira or something? Well, or? Lance is kind of like Liu Kang. Okay. But... You know, it could vary. <laughs> yeah. the, the standard Japanese karate. Shirtless karate. Yeah, <laughs> k kung fu guy. And so they start playing, and when you're in the game, you feel all the feels. You, right. And they make that clear right up front. It's like, is it going to hurt? Oh, yeah, you're going to feel everything. Yeah. But you can't die, but right. you feel everything. And all of a sudden, boom, sexual chemistry happens because... You got this hot guy and this hot girl, and boom, they're having sex. <laughs> and 
they uh, these two friends, you know, pull off the VR machines and they're like, well, that was awkward. And they, they try not to talk to each other again for a while. Let's not mention that. <laughs> and, and, and soon they realize that they are obsessed with having sex with each other yes. in this game. And these two best friends, uh, they're like, well, are we gay? Are we not? And it doesn't really linger too far on that question. But the bigger question is about um, – commitment to marriage because the main guy's married and has kids and <laughs> having well what was the main part of it what was the main kind of gist of this episode? well i think that they're they're making a stance on uh is virtual is a virtual relationship as legitimate or real as a real relationship and i think they're make in this case the characters are deciding that yes it is and uh hence why you know the the dude ends up making an agreement with his wife and she goes off to the real world to have a, a one night stand, I guess every year. And then he goes off to virtual land to do the same. Yeah. what do you um, think of the ending? I actually thought of the three new episodes, I thought that was the most black mirror ending. It wasn't completely depressing, but it was, it had its level of darkness to it. So it was like, yeah, no one no one exactly gets exactly what they want, but they've kind of reached a compromise. And it's pretty it, – it's got its own level of darkness because, like, is it really going to work out in the long term? Um, but it, it isn't quite as yeah, – a lot of most Black Mirror episodes end dark. Like, oh, wow, that sucks. <laughs> depressing kind of. This one doesn't really end very depressing. It's more like ho- almost hopeful. Like, oh, this could maybe work out for them. Yeah, the other things I thought were related to the idea of marrying your best friend. This is right. an old thought experiment, so to speak, that I guess maybe particularly men, but probably women as well, would right. – but particularly like bromance movies, right, where you're in a marriage, it's it's boring – the sex is kind of boring. Right. You know, they're trying to have kids, so that can sometimes kill. Robotic or something. Yeah. People will talk about how sex and even just long-term relationships can kill a, a sexual urge between. It's that the, time of the month must have intercourse. Yeah, it can really throw a wrench into libido, you know. It feels like work and it can be associated with a lot of trials and tribulations of like months and months of not being able to conceive or whatever is happening. Anyway, so they kind of depict that a little bit. Did you say trouser tribulations? That's ex- Well, yeah, that's another <laughs> way of putting it. And then he has this best friend who he relates to differently. His his best friend knows how to get under his skin. And they used to live together. Like, they were roommates, so they know each other really well. Yeah, and this is an old thought of if if only my wife was just like my best friend right. and we could play video games together and we could joke around together – and actually, when I was going through graduate school 25 years ago, this was something that was told to me by a professor. He said that gay people, uh, that gay couples that he saw in his practice got along better because they were the same gender and therefore could relate to each other more easily. Oh, interesting. So uh, whereas when you marry cross-gender – you are inherently marrying someone, culturally speaking, who is further away from you than if you married someone of your own gender, your own ethnicity, your own 
age, you, you have much more in common with that person. Right, right, right. Um, and we tend to like to marry people that are that we have things in common with. Makes sense. Um, so I think that was another uh, message that they were playing with a little bit, which was, what if you could marry your best friend? Right, right. Someone that you like to play games with, someone that <clears throat> likes to just get down and dirty with sex and da-da-da, you know, anyway. Um, I also think that it was a look at the slippery slope of internet-based sexual affairs. <laughs> right. You know, because they even say like, well, it's just like porn, right? It's just like porn. It's just like porn, I think, right? And they're like, this doesn't feel like it's just like porn. And as we go into the future, we, we're going to start to ask these questions of what is cheating? Right. Because if you're, say you port in or you, you know, your VR ultra VR experience, you go into this game. And let's say like some of the people are avatars of actual people playing and some of them are just robots, just right. AI experienced. And and you have sex with one of the AI people. Right. That's just a computer program. Is that cheating? Right. And what if you have sex with one of the avatars and you don't actually know that's an avatar? Right. Maybe they, that person acts like they're an AI. It was a little orgy party in the video game. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is that... Is that cheating? It, what is it exactly? And I think that that was another question that they were kind of asking, you know, is, is it, you know, because today we have uh, a similar question that's been asked by many people, and there's been some research into this, because there are porn sites where you can actually interact, interact with people live. Right. And you can look at each other and masturbate together and talk dirty to each other or whatever. And is that cheating or not? And what do you think? Is that cheating? I mean, these are age-old questions, right? So we start with, uh, you know, is a strip club cheating? Is is getting a prostitute cheating? Is going online and, you know, paying someone to do it but not – but remotely cheating? Um, Is is just looking at porn cheating? One perspective – the most relativistic perspective would be it really depends on the arrangement you have with your partner. Right. And that depends on the viewpoint of the partners. That's right. So, and that's what the research says, is that for some people, uh, men and women, they think that this internet chat video feed real time is cheating and some people don't. Uh, Like, Like, for example, let's say... Let's say Star Wars. Imagine if Star Wars, if they were going to film Star Wars prequels, like say three movies that were supposed to take place in the past of Star Wars. That's absurd. And let's say that the first one was coming out and it was going to be a big deal, right? Um, If I, you know, let's say I have my girlfriend and I'm like, hey, that big movie is coming out. We both really care about it. But I've already made plans. I'm going to go with Ginger, one of my coworkers. Well, I can imagine my girlfriend would be like, well, that's fucked up. And some people might actually consider it a form of cheating, even though there's no sex involved whatsoever. And, 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 and stipulating, let's assume there is literally no sex, no kissing, no holding hands, nothing. It's literally just I went to do an activity that we both love together, that where the expectation was that we would both do it together, but I went and did it with someone else. That could be considered a form of cheating. And so let alone if I – and, you know, so then – of course, some obvious extremes, 
even if it's just playing video games online, but that's all you're doing all the time and then you're neglecting your significant other and your family and things like that. I don't know if maybe it's not called cheating, but certainly not called healthy, you know, or balanced or a good family life or whatever. And so let alone if on top of that, there is the the added thing like while you're online, it seems like all you're doing is having sex and then you're never horny for, for me. Well, you know, that is certainly going to qualify as cheating for many people. <laughs> right. And that's a good point that it cheating sexually is one thing, but right. you can disappoint and hurt your partner in a variety of ways. Right. It all depends on what the expectations are between the people and what the arrangement is and all that kind of thing. For example, with the Star Wars prequel (laughs) hypothetical, one could be, uh, you know, they could, um, uh, the the girlfriend could hate Star Wars and you could be like, well, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, Berto's taking pictures of himself yeah, while we're I talking. Took one of you too. Why'd you take a picture of me? Not to me- mementosize it. <laughs> uh, the other theme that I thought was here was again growing old in long-term relationships and how to find happiness in long-term relationships because it starts out with them trying to spice up their sexual life right. by doing this little role-play thing. Right. I, I think it might have been a little spontaneous. but That was a cool scene, too. I mean, they've done that in movies before where you think it's two strangers, but it's not. Yeah. But I liked how it was done. Yeah. It was neat. And it asked a question about polyamory because right. basically what they've agreed to, this couple, is on his birthday every year is they're going to be polyamorous. That's right. That she's going to... The agreement is she's going to... Uh, potentially have sex with another man that night, uh, which is apparently some fantasy of hers. And he's going to have sex with his best friend in, in the Tekken uh, uh, Mortal Kombat world. Right. Did you see that movie, by the way, Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat! Of course I did. Yeah, so did I. Was, There's more than one. <laughs> yeah, I saw the first one. In the theater, it was awful. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I thought... Was, another theme I thought was that all new technology eventually leads to porn. All new tech leads to porn. <laughs> even, even if it's not made for porn. What? How could self-driving cars possibly lead to porn? Oh, wait. <laughs> um, as I was watching it, I because there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, homosexual tension in yes. this move, in this episode. Now, in the end they actually steer away from it, which is a criticism, which we'll get to. But as I was watching, you know, a lot of nerds like us and, yeah. and bigger nerds, more more in the severe nerd, let's call them severe nerds, extreme nerd culture, shall we say. I, I was thinking, my God, this episode has got to be making them pretty, <laughs> pretty uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because it really lingers on the man-on-man sexual right. tension. By the way, I'm surprised... You mentioned just now that there, that some people are not happy that the two of them are not gay or something? Well, so the criticism that I saw was that Black Mirror in general, like from, uh-huh. from in all of its episodes, is basically LGBTQ uh, either avoidant or even averse. Okay. Like they... Uh, seem to have a consistent treatment of gay, lesbians, bisexual people, trans people as being the other thing. I see. And this episode doesn't help with that track record. So 
Now, if there was two other Black Mirror episodes out of the 15 or 20 or so that have been produced that are more – well, I guess San Junipero was pretty yeah. what, was pretty overtly lesbian, right? Yeah, I hadn't heard the overall criticism, and I, I guess I can't right off the top of my head remember every single thing to agree or disagree. What I was going to say about this particular one is I would have thought that it would have been more offensive the other way. Like, oh, I see. So you guys are still on this thing where like – Gay people just like one day decide to be gay, even though they're like straight or something, just because they played a video game that triggered them or something. Oh. Or, and or like totally ignoring the detail that in the game, they are not two men having sex. The, the feeling, as reported by the dude, is like, yeah, no, I'm like feeling different things. I'm like a woman. And then the other dude's a dude. And he's attracted to an Asian petite get girl. And the Asian petite girl is apparently attracted to this Asian dude in the game. Right. You know? I guess it's kind of a trans episode because... I guess so, yeah. The, the best friend is... He talks in detail about yeah. how having sex as a woman... It's different. It's it more feels, It feels better to him. Yeah. He, he likes being a woman during There's sex. There's some bestiality because he had sex with a polar bear. All oh, right, he talked about that. So it's like the pig episode. Yeah. Um but uh so well, I think what so even the San Junipero episode, I think some LGBTQ people are are not happy with because it consistently makes homosexuality this thing that has to be separate from regular society. Uh-huh. It's not like people start gay and end gay, you know. It's yeah. like they start in a heterosexual world, and then they can only survive as a gay person in this I very see. strange out, you know, other place. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't vibe with that because I'm not, sure. I'm not gay, but or trans. So, but if I definitely feel that Asian exclusion in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't bother me in a huge way, but it does bother me in a minor way, like. Saturday Night Live, we talked about this, you know, not too long ago. They've never had an Asian person in their 45 years, uh, you know, and hundreds of comedians, not one, you know. And what a lot of people say was, oh, well, there's not a lot of funny Asians. And I'm like, you're stupid. There's Hmm. plenty of Asian Americans who are hilarious. Uh, who are working, who have been on other sketch shows like Mad TV. So, you know, it's... So if I was LGBTQ and I was watching Black Mirror and just seeing this consistent treatment, you know, I could see the Christmas. So what did you like about this episode, bro? So things I liked. Um, I loved how it started. I I actually liked that I I really had no idea where it was going. I would say... All the episodes this season, I had no idea where they were going. Well, fair, although when we get to those, in this case, I liked where they took me. (laughs) And so, therefore, the suspense was great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, if you just think about the story, it's not not that interesting of a story. Right. But the way that it was laid out from scene to scene... Right. It moved pretty quick so that I I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Yeah, I really liked that basically... For, I don't know, maybe a third of the episode, I'm sitting there going like, wait, what's the tech bit? And then, okay, they're like, okay, we got this VR thing. And immediately I thought, oh, okay, it's going to be all about 
the actual damage that they can do to each other. And this is going to become like some weird sort of almost maybe fight club or I, I don't know. Like a lot of thoughts were going through my head. I certainly did not expect – and granted, this starts with some of my complaints later. But I certainly did not expect that they, they were going to start having sex. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> shocking. There was a moment where, I, where I, jokingly in my mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, looks like they're about to start fu- – oh, they're about to start fucking. <laughs> but – so that was, a, that was good. Like I liked the fact that I didn't know where I was going and all of a sudden I was shocked by it. Um, I liked – I actually liked the two main dudes, uh, their acting, and the wife. I, I thought it was it was fine. It was good. Um, and overall, I like the question it poses. I'll leave it at that because then I have things I didn't like. Yeah, I liked those things as well. I also liked how the three main characters were written in that each one was relatable. Right. You had – and they were each different. You had the main guy, you had his best friend, and you had his wife – and each character had a different take on it based on their personality, right. and all of them were relatable. The you know, the best friend wasn't this manipulative, crazy, chaotic guy who was trying to ruin his friend's marriage. Right. The wife wasn't nagging him all the time, and their marriage wasn't bad. Right. You know, it was just it was just kind of cold because a lot of right. a lot of marriages just kind of get a little cold over, over it would have been very easy to just kind of stick to stereotypes and go yeah like, oh yeah i get it i know yeah. that yeah i think brooker is very smart in that way in that there are so many cliches that i continue to see writers go to in right. popular movies and tv shows that brooker avoids like the nagging wife thing because it would have been such an easier story to tell of like what you know well always on that thing yeah get get off the computer yeah you know how come you never talk you know yeah and in this way where you would not like her and 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 then it sets up like this uh satisfaction when he does have sex yeah, he's getting you something. You show yeah. her by fucking your best friend. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, like, she was actually really likable, very hot, right. totally attractive, great mother, apparently. And so what's the problem? Yeah. Um, I also liked the, uh, the the style of the game that they made up because right. cause they made, they you know, there was 11 years earlier, they're actually yeah. playing that game. And I, at first I was like, I don't recognize that game. Right. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, they must have made, because... They they reproduce that style of Japanese yeah. video game perfectly. They probably used an engine, one of those engines. Like they probably like went to one of those companies and said, "Hey, can we use this engine for a show?" Paid them some amount of money because oh. I doubt they created an well for the two D stuff. I doubt they created an engine from scratch just to do it. But they then replaced all the character art and all that kind of stuff. And. Uh, on that note, I think we are at least for me. I'm so. When I was younger, say 25, I noticed that a lot of the media was geared towards people who were older than me. Yeah. There were things about the 60s and the 50s that I could kind of relate to, but not really. And then I started to realize, oh, uh, when I you know, hit the age of about you know, 37 or something, I started realizing, oh, the world's geared towards me. Because I'm like <laughs> the middle right. – I'm the middle age of those who have money – and 80s parties and right. 80s movies and <laughs> 80s dress and 
when I go into a restaurant, it's set to the 80s Pandora <laughs> station. And, but, the, but Tekken and Mortal Kombat are kind of after my time. Right. I, I definitely, definitely 90s. I definitely wasn't playing it when I was in high school. You right. know, I the the best game I had in high school was um, for Nintendo was uh, Metroid, and right. so that was the pinnacle of of <laughs> the abilities back then. And so now I'm realizing more and more I'm starting to see this this trend where I'm starting to see things that edification because for people who played that those games when they were 10 12 right. 13 when they see this episode it probably really resonates with them yeah like it definitely resonated with me you're like oh my god you get to enter Mortal Kombat that's right <laughs> that seems so rad you know actually to the point where I never really liked the Mortal Kombat style games okay <laughs> because it to me, it was just a bunch of button mashing, you know? <laughs> it was. And I, I just, it, it didn't so feel, it did, and then there was always this level against the computer where it was just impossible to win, yeah. you know? And it just didn't feel interesting to me, you know? Anyway, um, so I also really liked the writing. I, I thought that the writing, some of the dialogue was a little stunted, which is, I think, a Black Mirror problem in general. But I felt like the writing, I felt like the story was laid, like I said earlier, it was laid out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I had questions. Like, I was like, well, wait, so does this mean that they're questioning being gay? And right. then they answered that question through that experiment right, of the right. two of them kissing. I don't know if that was a, a good enough, you know, because <laughs> um, it's like the question I had there was like, well, what if you gave it a little bit more time because it might take a little bit more effort to overcome internalized homophobia from society. Yeah. But again, in my mind, I'm like, so if you take the friend part away and I'm in a video game and I'm having sex with a petite Asian gal, that's not going to all of a sudden make me turned on for a tall black man. You know, like that's (laughs) those two are not connected. So now we can make a point about like, yeah, but in your mind, you know that it's your buddy. It's like, I guess, but physically, like visually and sensorily, it's not. It's a petite Asian woman. And that feels a certain way. It looks a certain way. So I guess that's another question of do you fall in love with the soul or the body or the combination? Yeah, and the love part, I grant you, right? Like, so there there could have been a thing. But since they were just having sex, that was the other thing. It wasn't like they're having they were having deep conversations or anything. It seemed like they were having some conversations that were deep uh, in the game, you know. Maybe. I, I mostly saw them banging. But, again, so because – now, I could have seen the dude that was playing the girl. Well, in his case, it's like, well, so, I mean, you're getting enjoyment from uh, an Asian dude. Are you attracted to Asian guys? Is that a thing? Do you like how it feels being a woman? Like, those are valid questions. For the other dude – I, I get the weirdness of like, dude, like we're having sex and like that's my buddy. I get that weirdness, but at the same time, again, visually, and uh, I, I don't know how far this VR thing is. Are there smells? Are there tastes? They're certainly touching and visuals, and they all and sounds, and they all seem to yeah, be there, on one side. There must be like lubrication and everything, which is an interesting <laughs> way to code the game, you know. Uh, right. But a another thing that I thought of was that he tried the best friend to have to find that sexual satisfaction with 
robots with everything, with everything, <laughs> including polar bears. That's fair. That's a fair point. With other Asian boys, right. other right, Asian right, men. Right. And what and he found was it wasn't that. He needed his best friend. Right. right. So that kind of says something, right? That does. Uh, now, it's unclear if that's true for the other dude. Right. Uh, he didn't go on the same kind of exploration. Yeah. But, it, but I think that was the implication, you know? Could be, yeah. Could be. Yeah. So that, I mean, I think yeah, that was what they were trying to say was like, you, you know each other in a way that, you, that you, you and your spouse don't know each other, you know? Well, and maybe this is what it opens up. It's like, well, look, you know, and I'm speaking for the married dude. Maybe he's like, well, look, I'm, I'm not attracted to guys. But when it's in the guise of this very attractive female and it's my best friend, I guess the experience is incomparable. And then for the other dude, it's like, look, I'm not attracted to guys. Well, okay, maybe I am, but it's like petite Asian guys. And so, you know, and when it's in the guise of that with my best friend, it's incomparable. And then the two of them are like, okay, let's, let's go. <laughs> I wouldn't call him petite. He was Well, sorry. Yeah, I, I meant, thin. Yeah, I meant the, the girl was petite, but whatever. Oh. Uh, you know who the, the woman was, the actress? No. She's the antenna woman from <laughs> Avengers. Oh, God. Damn it. Of course I mean, she is. I mean, I'm 95. No, no, no. Of course she is. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't put the two together. That yeah. makes sense. Um, so uh, which one would you and I be if we went into this game? Well, I usually, in a game like that, I would usually play actually either the, well, like let's say in Street Fighter, I would play Ken a lot, who's the... Oh, Ken. That's who I'm thinking of. Well, but he's the blonde... Japanese dude with the red kimono. Yeah. The other one. Oh, who was the other guy? Riku or? Yeah, Rik, uh, Ryu. Ryu? Yeah. Uh, Ryu. Ryu. He, he's the white kimono and he's the black haired Japanese dude. But they both have the same style of karate. Whereas, uh, so I would usually play one of them too. In Mortal Kombat though, uh, the robot, the red robot, in Mortal Kombat 3 specifically, uh, Skector I think is... He was my favorite character. So you might be fucking a robot, dude. <laughs> what about you? Who would you be? The Minotaur dude? What would you be? <laughs> uh, I think I usually just stuck to the Lance kind of guy because I didn't know any better. What about Sonya? Play Sonya. Yeah. <laughs> or Chun-Li. I could go for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so would you do it? If I, if I was Chen Li? I don't know, man. No, I mean, like, if all things were this real and you're feeling the whole, ah, that, that'd be a bridge too far. <laughs> Maybe on our 12th anniversary party. <laughs> so what didn't you like? Okay. So the things I didn't like, so even though I liked the suspense of trying to find out what the episode was about, I, I almost lost interest right before they kind of got to the meet. So I felt like, it took maybe just a little long, but that was not that was a minor gripe. The bigger things for me were more geeky. Like, all right, so uh, they coded this game, and I guess in the future there's no ratings for these games because certainly if it's a game where you can fuck the other player in full realism, that's not a rated mature game. <laughs> that is a, a unrated, unreleased, uncertifiable game in today's uh, climate. Well, in typical Black Mirror fashion, I think one of the messages or implied messages is 
they create the technology for one purpose and don't realize it's going to be used for this other purpose. Except there's no way you accidentally yeah. coded the penile feeling and the vaginal feeling and the tit feeling. Well, and, the- and instantly, day one of release, everyone's fucking. So to, so to speak, you would hear about it. Of course. And and a lot of the other episodes, they have a similar thing yeah. where. They have this technology, right. and yet no one like the first time that guy pops on that thing. He's like, "So what do I do?" Right. Like he's never heard of this, right? You know, massive technological. Technology. You know, that, that's actually one of the things that is somewhat common to Black Mirror, but definitely this season kind of got well. No, sorry, episodes one and three, it kind of got out of control, which is they bury the lead of the technology right. because it's like, whoa. Hold on. Yeah. Forget this stupid fighting game for a second. You can do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you have a perfect simulator of all human experience in the simulator. Yeah. And, and yeah, sure, you can do a fighting game. Fine. But you would have already known about this. Yeah. Everywhere. Like <laughs> him and his wife could have, absolutely. could have had sex and his knee wouldn't have hurt. You absolutely. know what I mean? And and they could actually meet in a bar as absolutely. different. Like there's so many. So many things. Yeah. And that's the thing that they didn't expect. And I get it, the episode's only so long, but I feel like in some of the other ones, some of my favorite ones, uh, I got a little more exploration about what it would mean to have this tech and things like that. In this case, it was very narrow. It's very narrow. It's like, okay, you got this tech, with, you got this fighting game, and in this fighting game, these two specific dudes fuck, and that causes this specific problem. Yeah. And, and I kind of <laughs> like that because, again, you only have so much time, sure. and you'd have to add... It, 20 other minutes of exposition <laughs> to somehow make it work and right. it would feel silly and I wasn't I'm the sort of watcher that if I like something I don't scrutinize those details so I can only imagine that the the programmers of the game made this as an easter egg that would, they would thought they, it would get found but because uh, you know if you're in the fighting thing there's a timer but then all of a sudden the timers are irrelevant you're just fucking it doesn't matter nothing matters anymore it's not a game anymore yeah. and the other thing is, okay, so how far does the simulation simulate things? Because, for example, if the hitting is meant to hurt just as much as it would in real life, that would be an excruciating amount of pain. You couldn't actually play the game after a few of those hits. And if it's not, if it's like a deadened sensation, then the sex wouldn't actually be that great, right? So, like, there were clearly... You know, and I guess you could. Wow, that's pretty micro. Yeah, you could invent, like, well, maybe they dialed up the sex feeling, but they dialed down the punching feeling and whatever. But I just thought of those things. And I was like, all right. Um, and then the other, the other thing, actually, I was glad that he, the, the taller dude mentioned that he tried fucking all the other characters. Because that was one thing that, that tripped me out. I'm like, wait, that's all you're going to test? You just found out you can have virtual sex in this thing. And you're done with these two characters. Like, that's your... I'd be like, come on, let's try everything. <clears throat> so mostly it was geeky, geeky complaints about the technology. <laughs> All right, well, so let's take a break. And when we get back, let's talk about the other two episodes. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast yet, do so now. Go to patreon.com. Become a patron of the podcast. That's how we know you like this thing. Um, also, join us on the Facebook page and on Instagram, and join the Facebook fan group. Also, if you want to talk to me directly, please only use email or the Contact Us page on our website. 
Also, you can chat with us on Discord on Thursdays at 2 p.m. I'm also thinking about doing YouTube Live alternative. Like, I'll do Discord one week and YouTube Live another week or so. Oh, interesting. Because I'm actually on Discord. It's kind of a pain in the ass to type everything. Because <laughs> people ask me pretty detailed questions. Right, right, right. And I, I, I wish I could just speak the answer. Right. Also, if you want access to our archive, go to our website. That's where you can get the older episodes. See, for me, it's easier because they'll be like, what's your favorite color? And then I'll be like, blue. No, red. Ah! Also, email us if you have trouble with the premium feed. I can help you. You can tweet Umberto at, at PsychZeroBerto. PsychZeroBerto. And you can watch his YouTube channel, PsychoBerto. You can join different tiers on Patreon. If you're not aware of that, we invite you to be at one of the higher tiers because that means that you love us even more. Uh, every little bit counts. When and you're at the lower tiers, it brings me to... Tiers? Yep. And at higher tiers, you get more stuff. You get mugs and swag, and you can get an hour of consultation with me if you want. Buy my book, Multi-Role Clinical Supervision. Also, you can hire any one of us for consultants for something, Birdo, me, Bob... Also, we ha- we're, all, we're, we're seemingly always offering a scholarship of some kind, so go to the website, because <laughs> uh, we're almost at the point where we, we can start offering the third scholarship. Third scholarship. Um, also, if you want to volunteer or be an intern, let us know. You can email me. I'm already talking with, I haven't told you this, Brittle, yet, but I'm already talking with a handful of people, because I put out the call not too long ago for people who want to intern and volunteer for the podcast. And a, hand, a bunch of people, but I'm actually taking a handful of people seriously and in terms of the amount of time that they want to dedicate to it. And so it's kind of an interesting thing of like uh, how people can get involved and maybe even become part of the team and maybe Whoa. become paid members of the team, you know, Whoa. to, you know, do production stuff and, nice. a, and content stuff. Get and, my drinks! Get me another water. And uh, who hired you? Like, like my dream would be to have a bunch of field reporters who would like get recordings and right. get get stories like other podcasts do, and then we could talk about the clips and we could interview them about what they experienced or something. Uh, we lost another field reporter this last week. Shouldn't have sent them to that war zone. <laughs> so, episode two, season five, Smithereens. Do you know why it was? called smithereens i mean the the why the company was the company called was called smithereen but because to me i love the band the smithereens yeah. from the 80s right, right right and brooker's about my age and so i was wondering if he liked the smithereens yeah but i wonder what the connection is did they have songs about tech or something no they, no were they political were they barely they were more like beatlesy lyrics honestly um, yeah, I thought about that too. I didn't yeah. know the band very well, but I know the band, and I was like, I wonder if this has something to do with the band. I loved one of their CDs in like '88. Does or the word "smithereens" mean something? Well, you know, blown to smithereens. Blown smither- to smithereens. Is yeah. it blown to smithereens? Is that the? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, there's what does it mean? It's probably like a place somewhere far away or something. Um, the other thing that I realized was wait. Cops in the UK don't have guns? Cops in the UK, by default, do not carry guns. That's Is correct. that true? They, they have access to guns, like you saw. The special unit can come and show up with but guns. But regular police officers... No, they do not carry guns. Don't even have a gun on them. Correct. <laughs> I mean, 
Doesn't that seem a that's little... Why, that's why they have all those shootings all the time and all those... Oh, wait, that's not in England. I forget. <laughs> I'm just thinking... I would, uh, but in this scenario, I thought, what if the guy decided to kill the cops in yeah. that moment? You know, like, that would be a problem. <laughs> yeah, like, I, if I was a police officer, I would be like... But since I... guns are hard to get, it's not very common. Yeah, golly. Um, so, the, the, the synopsis of this story, did you find the definition? Yeah, but it just means small pieces. <laughs> oh, okay. But I don't know the etymology and stuff. Okay. So, smithereens, blown to smithereens, small pieces. Yeah. So, I guess you could see... Fragments, bits of ourselves, bits, little bits every day that we post to these social networks. Huh, okay. Smithereens. So, there's... Splintered pieces, ner- numerous, tiny, disconnected, you know. Ah, oh, okay. That could be. Yeah, there we go. The synopsis of this episode is we have a guy who seems like he's grieving because his wife died, and we don't really know what's up with him. He seems like he's an Uber driver, and he picks up this guy and kidnaps him, and he seems to be a little off his rocker. Yeah. And then he he wants to talk to the owner of Facebook, essentially. Slash Apple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it was more Facebook, right? Well, it wasn't because the other the other side, Persona, was kind of like also Facebook. That's the one that the mother was trying to hack into. Right. And this one, the campus looked like the new Apple campus. And, you know, so I think it was kind of an amalgamation of... Tech. I didn't... But Apple, to me, doesn't scream social media and phone addiction. To well, me, but what, it does. Like, phone addiction, for sure. But Facebook is much more interested in phone addiction than Apple is. Well, but you might be more likely to just be sending an iMessage text when you crash. Yeah, but to me, it felt, from my viewing, as totally related to Facebook, and he was trying to get a hold of the owner. What's the owner of Facebook's? What's his name again? Well, the the owner of Facebook is the, what's his name? Well, the, yeah, what's his name? I yeah. want to say Jesse Eisenberg, but <laughs> he played him. No, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. But, yeah, but I mean, this guy could have easily been Steve Jobs, right? He didn't feel like Steve Jobs to me. He felt I mean, he was. I mean, if anyone was into like meditation and yeah, new aginess. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I'm going to refer like was, to this as a as Facebook. Story. And what are you going to refer persona to as Facebook? Okay, so Persona is also Facebook. Yeah. Both of them are Facebook. Yeah. Two different companies. They're both Facebook. Well, right. was it, didn't Smithereens own Persona? Persona? No. No, because the Smithereens CEO said, he, the favor was, do you know the CEO of Persona? Oh. Like, yeah, I know such and such. I'm good friends with him. Okay, oh. I need a favor. Interesting. But I, it doesn't matter. They're both, they're both tech companies that are ruining okay. our lives. I'll go with that. So... He uh, steals an employee from Apple and demands to talk to the owner of Apple, to Steve Jobs, <laughs> so that Steve Jobs will talk to Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, But really what he wants to do is he wants to talk to Steve Jobs and say that he wants him to hear his story, right. that he loved Apple products, he loved Facebook, he loved his phone, him and his wife bonded over Facebook and the right. phone, and they were always checking their phone, and, and they had a good marriage, and then he's driving one night, and he's looking down at his phone, and then they, he gets he causes a car crash, he kills his, his wife dies, slow death by the way, and the other driver dies too, but he was drunk, so it was blamed on him, and the, the, the real cause of the accident was never known because he never told anyone that he was looking at his phone. Right. And 
he stopped using his phone and he was depressed and he was upset and he just wants Steve Jobs to know that his device and his, you know, his influence on society is a bad thing and he doesn't he doesn't know what he wants him to do with it. He doesn't really have he doesn't have a request like, you know, sell your shares or burn your right. company down. He just wants he he seems almost like he he just wanted to tell him a story and he hadn't thought really beyond that. That's right. Other than the fact that he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. And so he manages to, you know, he, there's a standoff with the police officers. He has a hostage that works for Apple. He finally gets a hold of Steve Jobs, and he, and the Steve Jobs is like super nice and super cool. And he's like, I get it, man. When I designed this whole stuff, I was hoping to make the world a better place, and it it didn't seem to work out that way. I, why do you think I'm out here in the middle of nowhere trying to avoid technology? Mm-hmm. It's, I, you know, I get it, and I. I I don't know what to do. I can, I can relate to you. I see, I I can see you, man. What, is there anything I can do? And and the guy's like, well, there is one thing you can do. You can help out this woman that I met who's trying to hack into her, to her dead daughter's uh, uh, Facebook account. And she can't get the uh, password and she doesn't, she can apply for the, uh, the death certificate password, but they erase a lot of stuff because they don't know if the deceased person would Wanted want yeah. anyone else. So they only give like the they only give access to like do, do you, is yeah. that true about Facebook by the way? I don't know, but it probably. <laughs> I don't know, man, because I I thought and maybe I'm wrong that when someone dies, the next of kin is just given the entire account. Oh, are they? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what's not true. You can't call up the CEO of one of these companies in this day and age. And ask them to tell some underling to find some password and give it to some person. That can't happen <laughs> because the you know there's too much regulation in place and there's too many <laughs> too many problems that would cause lawsuits, etc. Why? Because <clears throat> sorry, they're under intense scrutiny from the government and from privacy advocates already. They're getting sued all over Europe. They're getting you know looked at for antitrust. But in this for country. someone that died. To give the password to... No, no. What I'm saying is uh, if their policy is not to give passwords up, they would not just do it just because, you know, someone said, hey, I need a favor. Uh, But I don't know what what the policy is for when people die. I don't know what the policy is. I would bet that they can't just hand those accounts over because the – unless it was explicitly written in a will or something. Because it seems like a, a, a... Gross so violation we, of your privacy. So what I thought, because a friend of mine died, yeah. you know, Wyatt, he died. And the Facebook account was just handed over to someone in the family. Yeah, maybe they had they, they had the password. Maybe that family. They didn't that. have the password. They were given the password. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, I guess to your point, maybe, maybe it was somehow there. they were, yeah, maybe somehow yeah. they were given access. I just, because imagine the scenario like... <laughs> Like, I guess Wyatt, because he was in the military and knew he might die, yeah. maybe in his will, he actually wrote down the password and said, here's, here's my password that I yeah. use. You know, I don't know. Is I actually it, have that. Did you know? The what? I have all my passwords in a safe deposit in the bank oh. written down. And so Smart. if I die, my wife can get into everything. Man, so every time you change them, you got to make, make your way over there. Yes, I do. Wow. That, but that seems smart, though. Yeah, because what would happen? I mean, imagine if 
you right. died and no one can access any of your accounts like your bank account your all these it just be would be your your gmail you just have to call in a favor from a ceo yeah (laughs) so like can you imagine hey uh my my buddy here uh he wants access to this bank account in zurich sure (laughs) so what are some of the themes of this episode well there is the theme that they've kind of hit on before which is addiction to technology and there is, along with that, the fact that people are not paying attention to what's happening to them in the moment because of that addiction. And there is the sort of... The, Do we have that problem? Oh, sure. Yeah. But it not to the extent that you need to go kidnap someone and murder or threaten to murder them and stuff. Just, it is a problem that you know people are... are I mean, clearly, texting and driving is a, is a real problem. Clearly, uh, students being distracted by technology and... Uh, people in general sort of being in, in situations where they might be needing to pay attention and then they're busy with their device. That's certainly a thing that happens quite often. Um, and that these software designers are absolutely, some knowing, some not, trying to tap into the human dopamine system Oh yes, to yeah. make money. Yep, that's for sure. And they don't care about... The, the effects of it. They, Absolutely. It, it, they're like, that's not our, you know, that, I think Zuckerberg even said something like this, not to this point, but to the propagation of fake news. Yeah. He's like, look, that's not our, we're just a platform. Yeah. You know, we're just, we're just making a shit ton of billions of trillions yeah. of dollars and how people use it, you know, fuck it. It's up to you people. It's like gun manufacturers. I mean, in a different way, but. Somebody, like, hey, we're yeah. just making, we're just putting pieces together, right? Which, which I used to kind of identify with during the beginning of the internet, because like it was a similar argument when the internet was first started to become popular, right. like in the early aughts. People were like, you know, a lot of people wringing their hands saying, "But the internet has porn, and right. kids have da da da." And you know, there was a lot. I don't. I don't. Know, you probably do remember. I do remember. There were politicians who yeah. wanted to shut it down. Lieberman. <laughs> they wanted to like make it a government thing. They wanted totally. they wanted like basically an FCC to regulate everything on the internet. Yeah. And it basically almost happened. Yeah. And there was this huge grassroots movement that pretty much involved, you know, everybody on the internet was like, "No, no, no, no." Right. <laughs> like we need the internet to be a free space. And I th- I'm pretty sure like Gates and 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 um you know, Steve Jobs were behind that effort too. They're like, no, no, no. We, you know, we need yeah. to make this a free space, and uh, and now culturally, that's what we're looking at for the most part. And uh, and you know, I remember saying things and agreeing with people like, look, it, the internet is a place where we can talk about anything. It's up to other people to figure out how they need to regulate that to themselves or the people in their uh-huh. family. You know what I mean? Right. And I think, yeah, we have these idealistic notions of like. Of course, every human should be guaranteed this, that, or the other thing. Of course, humans' freedom of speech, blah, blah. you know. But you know, from my perspective, which maybe it's a existentialist perspective, it's like, no, I mean, humans aren't guaranteed crap. Like you just said that, and I guess maybe I agree with you, but that's just us. That's just like your opinion, man. Now, as far as like, therefore, the internet, everything should be allowed, and everything's like, it's like, well, sure, if you don't care about the impact on young developing brains about anything, then sure, 
let 4chan bloom, let everything bloom. And so what's the solution? Is it complete censorship? Is it like a Chinese kind of environment? North Korea? Uh, probably not. But is it complete lack of regulation, oversight, or parental controls? Or the, Of course not. And is it, is it companies that have sort of no moral center trying to exploit uh, addictive behaviors and compulsive behaviors in people? Well, probably not as well. Yeah, I know that there are some software products that allow for this, but I imagine in 20, 30 years, there will be an answer to this that parent, even parents who don't really understand technology very well will be able to implement with their kids' devices. Yeah. Uh, because it needs to be done for parenting autonomy, for childhood trauma. Yeah. If you give a child... Just, just an hour of free time on the internet. You're basically <laughs> you're basically letting them walk out into the highway. Yeah, they might not get run over. Yeah, but they might. Yeah, and that's what the internet is. Like you they can't can, unsee those and it, things. <laughs> it's not just them being exposed to child molesters, which is a thing. Yeah. But it more likely it's being exposed to images that will traumatize right. them for the rest of their lives. Right, 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 and. So that kind of thing uh, needs – there needs to be some kind of sure way that works and that, and that kids will not be able to get around. Right. Because, right. you know, kids are smart about hacking and moving around stuff. Yeah. There needs to be a way where it's impossible for the kid to work around it. Yeah. And uh, we don't have that yet because right now there are things, as far as I know, that work in this way. But kids always figure out a way to work around it. Right. And, it, and, and I mean, it's tough. Like, for example, they, there was that scandal of over a year ago with YouTube Kids. So, you know, YouTube puts together this kids version that is curated. Well, not curated, but supposedly very filtered content just for kids. So you don't have to worry. So in theory, you just plop your little toddler in front of YouTube Kids and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, due to the algorithm not being something that a human monitors daily... They start, they meaning nefarious actors start abusing the algorithm to put their little corrupt, corrupt videos in there. And these are some messed up psychologically weird videos. And they end up in the, they end up being viewed by, by millions of kids. Right. And as soon as I heard about YouTube kids, I was like, well, you can't fucking trust YouTube. Right. It's too big. Right. If it was like Disney then yeah, you could trust D- Disney.com and you could you know s- just give Disney.com to a child. You could prop your... You're pretty- yeah, if it's curated, like human... Well, if it's human curated content, then, it, then you would have to rely on the human they hired or the humans they hired ha- having some of them be nefarious actors, right? Whereas with something like an open platform... Like YouTube. Like YouTube or any, any open platform really on the internet, uh, Twitter or whatever, it's like... Yeah, uh, right. There so, are nefarious actors. So imagine <laughs> if there was Twitter kids, right? <laughs> kids Twitter. Would right. you give your kids? No, of you'd be like, not. <laughs> no, no, I don't care what Twitter kids. No. Said. Like, no way. It was the same with YouTube kids. I was like, what idiot would trust like Instagram for kids? The Upload ginormous <laughs> who uh, organization who already has a terrible reputation for not really monitoring and understanding what's happening at the lower levels. You know, they definitely work with Jimmy Kimmel. 
his channel, his channel, and you know Conan O'Brien's channel, and the ABC. You know they they're they're they got human beings looking at that right. stuff. But ninety nine point nine 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 percent of uh, the stuff on YouTube is completely run by algorithms, right. and they could and they couldn't hire enough people to right, which I, which I get. <laughs> yeah. So I I just thought it was I wasn't surprised right. that YouTube Kids was manipulated somehow. Yeah, so I think it it involved a lot of that. It also another theme of Smithereens was grief and guilt. He was grieving, right? You you could imagine, and he felt extreme guilt and was beating himself up about it to the point of suicide, and wanted the person who he thought was at least partially to blame to know what happened in. In the name of his dead wife, he wanted them to know, and he wanted the highest person in power to know before he killed himself. Uh, So to me, that was the main emotional theme was just – because you could take out Facebook and just – you made a mistake – you know, you didn't look at the road when you when you were supposed to be looking at the road. Yeah. And you get in a car crash and your and your wife dies. And and but no one really knows. Like if if people knew like he like he was drunk, then he would have been prosecuted and punished. And there's something, uh, you know, when a grieving person goes through that, they don't have the complication of survival's guilt in the same way because survivor's guilt because they've been punished by society and right. you know by stigma but imagine just completely getting away with it and people coming and up actually, to you yeah like feeling sorry for him and-, and the whole time he's like it was my fault it was my fault <laughs> right. it was my fault and how this all could have been solved if he had a therapist absolutely um also as we were talking about this is kind of a condemnation of unregulated capitalism which I started thinking is a theme in Brooker's writing is when you allow things to go unregulated, then yep. bad things happen. Yeah, that's for sure. Pretty much. In fact, if you think about where he, the, the episodes that show sort of further into the future, there's definitely of a almost apocalyptic kind of sense of like, Yep, this will be our downfall because of no one regulated any of this bullshit. Right. <laughs> like the little robots episode. Right. It's like, oh, we're making cute little things and you yeah. know, or the bees episode. Oh, yeah. we're making these mechanical bees, you know, right. and there's there's no one saying, Well, wait a second. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. So what'd you like about this episode? Uh so I'm a big fan of uh Moriarty. I forget what is uh, what the actor's name is. Uh the guy who plays Moriarty on Sherlock. The main guy in this one, okay, Anthony or something. I don't know. He's great. His I, name is Chris in the in the TV yeah, show. Yeah, the the actor is great in Sherlock, and so I I kind of missed that character, and he is he's kind of playing that character here, which is funny. Uh, one of my friends described him as kind of over the top, and he was in a way, but I like that, and I like how he acts, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, I actually like Topher Grace. I'm actually generally, I, I generally like Topher Grace when I see him and stuff, especially lately. Yeah, in uh, Black Klansman, he was amazing. Yeah, so I really liked how he played the role in this one. Uh, I, I definitely liked the kind of chaos of wait. So you're not a higher up, and 
like, God damn it. Like, and nothing was going right. And then sort of like the cops are sort of bumbling a bit. And then the negotiators kind of bumbling. So I, I generally, I, I was generally entertained by all those aspects. Um, I'll leave it at that. Cause there's some things I didn't like. I liked the way Chris's character was consistent throughout the episode, but we see him through different perspective. In the beginning, when he first kidnaps the guy, you're like, oh, wait, I thought he was a nice guy. He must not be really trying to hurt him. And then he, like, is super mean to him. Right. And you're like, oh, so this guy is, he's like a serial killer or something. He's telling him to get inside of the trunk of a car. And, and, then, and then we see him kind of freaking out about him. Like, so you're an intern? Right. And he starts, you know, talking about everyone's addicted to their phones all the time. And you're like, oh, so he's mentally ill. Right. And then we get to the standoff and we're like, oh, he's just a bumbling idiot. Right. Like, he doesn't, he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He didn't really think this. By story. the time we get to the end <laughs> and we, it revealed, like, the full story of the real reason why his right. wife died and everything. It, I was, I rewrote the whole story in my mind or, you know, the history and his character is totally consistent from the very beginning. Right. It was just laid out in a way that was confusing to us because we didn't have the full story. And I, I love that kind of storytelling right? where uh, it, it make it. So you could go back and watch the whole thing over again and, and totally see everything laid out right. for you. But the first like the sixth sense, like why is he so despondent all right. the time? <laughs> so exactly. So watching it uh, the first time, though, you're you're seeing it through these this confused veil, and I, I like yeah. that kind of storytelling where I I'm given just enough information to keep me interested, but not enough information to really know what's happening. Right. But eventually, it all kind of comes together in the end. Yeah, that's a good point. I really I, like, I that. like that too. Um, also, I like the episode because it could have happened today. There was right. nothing about this episode that in fact, was... it happened in 2018. What did? The the timeline, I think, was 2018. Oh, okay. So it, it was a rare Black Mirror episode set in the past. <laughs> right. Um, I also liked that we didn't see what happened in the end. Like, there's no... You could make speculation. Well, what do you think happened? Off- Someone got shot. <laughs> yeah, but there's no way to know. Right. Um, who You know, either they both got shot or... The hostage was shot or Chris right. was shot. And it's sort of part of the point was like, and no one cares. Right. And I love that too. I love that ending of like very quickly wrapping it up and right. saying like, you know, people are walking along on the train and boom, they get a notification of a news or a tweet or something. And like, right. you know, you just imagine the headline, crazy Luddite yeah. uh, gets snipered by the police. Right. Um, after, Tragic after, side casualty or not. Right. Yeah. And and we've all got those tweets yeah. and those notifications. Right. And so I thought it made it very relatable in that in a in a way that wasn't the full point of the episode, I think. Also, I really liked that the woman that he dated from the support group wasn't that attractive. Right. Because they usually pick like in the third episode, uh Rachel, Jack, and Ashley too, uh they choose a nerd girl who right. is super attractive. <laughs> like she's the she's the prettiest girl in the high, in the high school, and but she, she's a nerd. But she's so socially awkward, yeah. and no one, you know, everyone knows that if you're super beautiful <laughs> in any society, 
you are treated differently. <laughs> right. Like even if you're a dork, people laugh at your jokes. Right. They <laughs> that's so funny. They like things that you do, you know, you know, so it's uh so but in this episode, they chose a woman who like when she started hitting on him, I was like, "Oh, honey, yeah, like that's not going to work." I think he's out of your league cuz yeah. my my gauge on it was right. that you know, but you know, they they did it and it was like, and, and "Oh, he's, okay." He's in that place in his life where he's got different priorities. <laughs> or he's not, I mean, it wasn't inconceivable. He wasn't like a supermodel, you know what I mean? Right. So it was it but to me I I always like it when they cast people who look like real people uh, because there's this gravitation toward the prettiest person in the casting call, right. you know, because they just think, well, that, okay, we have two good actresses. Right. Uh, one happens to be a 10 and the, <laughs> and the other one is a six. Well, let's go with the good actress who's a 10. And, and if the, if the character is a, written for a 10, then great. But if the character is written for a six, then, you know, cast a six. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it was satisfying to see uh, Steve Jobs' character not played as like a cynical asshole. Right. Like I loved that. It was very satisfying. Of course, you know, it's totally unrealistic. <laughs> but these are things that I would love to happen. And because when, as someone who has power in my university, and I guess on this podcast, when people are real with me, I prefer to be real back. Right. I prefer to be human. And you know, like, like when I was chair of my, when I was program director, pe- students would come to me with some complaint. They'd be like, um, like they might, just as an example, they might say, so I really want, this is actually a common complaint. I felt like by the time I graduated, I didn't really know enough about play therapy. Mm. And I feel like you needed to uh, make that class uh, mandatory because how can you how can you have a marriage and family therapy program right. that doesn't teach people how to work with young kids and instead of giving this political line like okay well I'll think about it or we'll put that down for the next year or some kind of just bullshit answer what I would tell them is like I totally agree with you let me tell you my dilemma yeah um, if I would love to add that class as a mandatory class and 10 other classes Grief therapy, evidence-based therapies, uh, professionalism, how to, how to build a practice, how to work in, in, in this field, how to do research better, um, psychodynamic therapy, attachment theory, uh, development. Like I want, There's so many things that I want to add, including what you said. If I added all those things, this degree would take 10 years to, <laughs> to, to, to do, and it would cost $500,000, right. literally. So... I have to make certain calls and my team, we have to set a threshold of like, what are the bare essentials? What, what can we, what can we, what, right. what can we, uh, you know, what can we exclude anyway? And so that's the dilemma we're in. And so I agree with you, but I have to say, I, I don't know what to do because that's the dilemma. Because right. if you're going to try to trade out any of the other classes we did, that would be a problem. Right. And, uh, so that's the kind of so when he when Chris calls Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs is like, "Yeah, I get it. You know, when yeah. I created this thing, this wasn't what I envisioned. I right. didn't envision addiction and uh, dopamine right. uh, triggering. I wanted to make the world a better place. Right. 
you know, and then Chris is like, shut up. I don't want to hear your yeah. stupid story. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked that, you know, because that would have been another trope, right? Right. The owner is sitting there going like, you know, oh, really? And then he's looking off camera like, what the hell? What do I do with this guy? You and know? then great that he then is real. And then the other trope would have been like, oh. I'm going to change the world. And then the guy's like, okay, maybe I don't need to commit suicide. Yeah. Right, and then he tries. He's like, I don't give a shit about your story. And then he does, and then he does die, and then the Steve Jobs guy goes right back to his meditation and probably just continues his life probably normally and everything. Because, because I think one of the things that Brooker is pointing to is that there we've created a monster that even in moments of potential change by people in power. The machine is too bigger. And that was another thing that actually they depicted it well in the episode was the owner didn't have all the control. Right. You could tell that there were other people in control. And that was a theme in the, in the you know, uh, Miley Cyrus episode too. Well, I mean, that's, that's literally true in a publicly traded corporation. Right. The owner can't just do anything they want because right. they'll get voted out. They'll get kicked out. They'll get fired. Right. And when you have... 12 greedy people on the board yeah. who are beholden to the stockholders right. who are greedy, then that's what dominates. Yeah. So if the strategy is like, you know, we're going to make less money next year, that's a hard one to sell. <laughs> right. So cigarette companies, right. chemical companies, uh, you know, petroleum companies, Facebook companies, lobbying companies – these things don't care about human beings. They care about profit, and uh, and it, and so I and I also liked how the COO person, the the Wu woman, um, the Chinese American woman, right, who had a very deep voice, by the way. Um, she wasn't evil. She wasn't right. like she was just doing her job. Right. She's like. I don't recommend you talk to this guy. Right. It's not good business. And, and, it, and it isn't good business right. to talk to some suicidal hostage taker. You're just asking for more hostage right. takers. By, totally. Yeah, I like that too. What didn't you like? Well, for this one, my main complaint was that the tech part was like a weak point in that yeah, like, sure, tech is addictive and people can... But it felt more like a don't text and drive kind of <laughs> infomercial rather than a serious future problem we might run into with tech we haven't anticipated. Oh. And so on the one hand, it's maybe more relatable to the now, but on the other hand, it's a little disappointing. It's kind of... Granted, I like this episode way the hell better in fact, because the pig episode, it's not that I liked it to some amount. I disliked it infinitely. So anything is better than that. But the thing with the pig episode that has a, a weird commonality with this one is there was really nothing tech-wise that was that interesting about that episode. Right. And I think it's not tech-related. I think it's right. capitalism. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think it is a technology episode. And, and maybe Black Mirror in general is more on that front. But, but I've gotten used to liking the ones that I like the best. Do explore not just how greed runs amok, but how greed paired with some tech that we are thinking is cool runs amok. And that's sort of what they did here, or, or quite literally what they did well, here, they, with they, a tech that we've already kind of digested. I guess, but they also put our face in it by showing 
how the uh, the uh, Chris, the hostage taker guy, was getting updates on his phone because there were bystanders taking pictures and overhearing the police officers talk, and there was the technology was making it so the criminal could actually continue to do his criminal things, and 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 there was a lot of little things like that, and, and they also showed that the Facebook people or the 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 Apple people knew more about human beings, you know, um, details than the police did, um, sure. which I think is actually true, right? Like the police go to Facebook and say, please give us everything on this person sure. because you know more, you know, Google knows infinitely more about us than the FBI does or the CIA. Or but anything. they're not supposed to, and they're not supposed to be able to divulge or even internally check that information. And there's, but but here's the other thing. And the government occasionally dips into that, you yeah, know, in, and, in conglomeration. But. That's right. So I guess this is part of the problem. Is uh, the key problem in this one was, oh, because of your tech, I distracted myself while driving and I crashed. Okay, sure. Because of alcohol, I crashed. Because of I was smoking in the car, I well, crashed. Because so, I was too sleepy, I crashed. So, okay, I get that, and, and I agree with it. But also, driving while texting is a major problem. It's a, but it's not just a social company, or a, it could be you're, you're, you're trying to take a picture of yourself, or you're texting someone, or you're looking at a video. Or it's, Well, it's, it's usually texting or notifications. So, so at least some of it has to do with... And, and Apple has to do with all those things. Right. Sure. And, but then, okay, but then we weigh things, right? Like, kind of like cars. Cars kill, you know, 30,000 people a year. And we're all okay with it. We must be okay with a certain amount of deaths. And we're like, yeah, that sucks, but overall, it's much better for the economy and stuff. So, with, when it comes to this, there aren't 30,000 deaths a year because of Apple. <laughs> but one of the things I was thinking that I'm surprised hasn't been implemented yet is that if a phone is GPSing at the speed of 10 miles per hour or more, then everything should shut off. Like, it wouldn't be hard to implement something like the that. The problem is for a passenger, right? Right. So yeah. that's a problem. But maybe there's a way somehow you could demonstrate you're the passenger, yeah. like there's some... I don't know. There, there's got to be some answer to that. Like, I mean, so I, iPhones, I don't know what Androids do now, but iPhones try to do that. So like when you're driving, because it detects that speed. Oh, it does. It, when you go to interact with it it's, it, it's locked and it says, are you driving? And you can say, I'm not driving. Oh, it says that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, my, my Pixel phone doesn't yeah. do that at all. But, um, but when I hook my Pixel phone up to my, to the, you know, I don't know what you call it. It's, it's called um, Android auto or something uh -huh. and uh when i'm on my screen my on the car if i'm scrolling through something it'll lock up it's just be like uh -huh. you're driving dude why are you scrolling through <laughs> something um and i'm always like i can do both well yeah i'm always upset because i'm trying to you know i'll be driving and i'm trying to karaoke to a youtube video but the lyrics don't show up because like and i'm like come on how am i supposed to read the lyrics while i'm driving and karaoke so out of 10 what would you say, Smithereens? Oh, out of ten? Oh man, uh, for for Black Mirror, I would give it a five. Not for Black Mirror, just for, for a, TV a, entertainment. An episode, an hour of your time. Six. 
Really? Yeah. I think I'd give it a seven or eight. Um, what about for Striking Vipers? For Striking Vipers, I will go seven. Yeah, I'd give it a solid eight, maybe even a nine. I'm not sure. I really like that one. Uh, one thing I didn't like was when the sniper takes a position. So yeah. one, there were more than one sniper, but yeah. for some reason they only focus on one. And he's like, I can't take the shot. Because the other person's right <laughs> And I'm like, take a different fucking position. You have you have 365 <laughs> so degree. It's a field. Yeah, you can move. Yeah. <laughs> all, all you would have to do is move literally five feet to the left or right, right. and get a clear shot on the head <laughs> of that guy. I was like, this is the dumbest sniper who's ever lived. I can't. I've aligned myself perfectly between the two of them. Like, you, you got the wrong spot, dumbass. Um. Okay, Rachel, Jack, and uh, Ashley, too. Especially because, like, the guy was in the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just it's not like they were somehow surrounded. Like, that's one thing if he had, which would have been smarter anyways, if he had surrounded himself with hostages, right? Right. Okay, that's tough. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley, too. Um, synopsis of this is Miley Cyrus is a, a famous singer similar to Miley Cyrus. And there's a family with a father who's sort of checked out and two daughters who look nothing like each other, who um, one loves Miley Cyrus and the other one's more of like a emo punk rocker. And she's older. And she's older. More cynical. Yeah. And the, the um, Rachel, the girl who loves uh, Miley Cyrus really wants this device that that it's basically like a little robot doll that has um, Miley Cyrus's personality inside of it. And it's a really good AI interaction right. robot where you can say, you know, what can we do today, Miley? Right. And Miley says, why don't you, why don't we do some dancing? And then, <laughs> and it, it's, it's a really good companion. And meanwhile, the punk rocker sister's looking at this, rolling her eyes and, and the dad's checked out because he's working on this AI for a, a mouse that can. A better mouse trap. <laughs> yeah. A mouse get, that can um, figure out how to infiltrate the mouse den and actually zap the mice and. Right. So you can humanely take the ma- the mouse out of the and not kill the mice, um, and so. Th- but then we also go to the Miley Cyrus story where her uh, her parents have died in a car crash or something, and her aunt is her manager, and her aunt is this very dominant. Uh, and Miley Cyrus is is she doesn't really want to be a fake pop star anymore. She wants right. she wants to evolve. She wants to start writing more meaningful songs for herself. And potentially make less money. And she's being doped up for years, probably. Yeah, they're giving her some drug that makes her very compliant. Yeah. And so the aunt is uh, very evil and figures out that Miley Cyrus is starting to pull away. And so she, uh, the aunt poisons Miley Cyrus and almost kills her, but puts her into a coma. And then uh, the evil aunt tries to recreate this AI version, this hologram version right. of Miley Cyrus so that she can control the image and the songs and everything. And meanwhile, they're tapping into like the dreamscape of this comatose Miley Cyrus and they're writing songs from it, which was completely stupid. What, you don't do that all the time? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the two sisters 
so then they, they, they unlock. I, I think this is a C. Oh, yes. There yeah. it is. <laughs> we'll get to that. So as a songwriter, it was just like the dumbest thing. So, so uh. they somehow, uh, uh, they're, they're trying to get into, they're trying to fix the little Miley Cyrus doll. And they go to their dad's laboratory, which has to do with AI, and they discover that this doll has the entire personality of Miley Cyrus, but the it's but the device <laughs> but the device has quarantined off just a small portion of the personality, and they unlock and they accidentally unlock Miley Cyrus's entire personality in this doll. That's how it works, right? Like you know, your Xbox is actually. T- a hundred times more powerful if you just turn a switch in the back. Right. <laughs> and then they, then the little Miley Cyrus doll is totally like Miley Cyrus. And she discovers that her, her real body is in the coma and that her evil aunt is controlling all these things. And so she convinces the two daughters to go to the house under this other pretense. And then the little Miley Cyrus doll pulls the plug, essentially putting her body out of its misery, which is pretty grim. But then Miley Cyrus, the real body, wakes up because the plug was just keeping her suppressed. Uh, they go on a journey. The evil aunt is over, Louise style is overthrown, <laughs> and the story ends with the real Miley Cyrus, who's now in this terrible fake punk band ish thing, <laughs> with the following her real dream with the sister and the. Little doll with Ash with Rachel are in the audience watching. So, before we get to the good and bad, what's the moral of the story? <laughs> uh, well, don't try to take advantage of people. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> they'll come after you. I couldn't think of the moral of the story. I couldn't. Uh, the yeah. only thing I could think of was the future of entertainment, like how we're headed towards. Potentially, no, it, it, it's dumb. It, it, this because you're right. Normally, what it is is like uh, it's a cautionary tale about a specific kind of thing we might be doing. But this was just cautionary simply, tale of what? Meaning, in good episodes, it's usually a cautionary tale about some tech how it could go off its rails if we're not careful. In this case, the cautionary tale is just a normal. This could have been a, a any teenage movie. Where there's an evil aunt. Right. The episode, <laughs> there's no moral because this is a fantasy in which yeah, you have an all good right. character and an all evil character. Right. So the moral is don't be evil. Yeah. Because <laughs> if you're evil, the cops will get you at the end of the movie. Or be more <laughs> clever when you have an evil aunt. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Or greed is bad or something. I yeah. don't know. Uh, but yeah, I thought one of the morals might have been like that the future of entertainment is going to be, you know, evil capitalistic, non-artistic, uh, you know, corporation people will devise these hologram pop stars and uh, they'll rule the world. But to me, I'm like, they basically already do that. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's like, it's not like we were going from, uh, yeah, it's like, dumb. Because they, they weren't going from something very deep and poetic and then they turned it into like a vanilla flavor no it was already a vanilla flavor yeah and they just wanted more of the same vanilla flavor right so if anything they were acting in the best interest of the corporation (laughs) and of the fans because that's what they wanted and that's actually a point that they actually pointed to at the end (laughs) yeah because some of her fans didn't didn't, they didn't like it they they wanted the hologram right uh so I, i but that was all i could think of 
really all I thought of this episode was that it was just something that was fun to do and maybe an excuse to get Miley Cyrus in an episode or something. If this hadn't been Black Mirror, like I technically... So out of 10, what would you rate it? Four. Oh, I'd give it like a two or something. I thought this episode was... I mean, I guess on the entertainment value, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The four. reason I'd give it a four is because... It was entertaining. This is like, I was watching it at like 1 a.m. in the morning. And I'm sitting there going like... I mean, I'm watching TV. This is... Yeah. This yeah, is I'll, somewhat funny. Yeah, I'll give it I a mean, four. I mean, in a... In a, in a it, maybe it was, even more on... Inter- maybe five. It's kind of like a teen movie. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a teen but movie. But for a Black Mirror episode, no, it was terrible. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so what do you like about it? Let's just try to get those out of there. I mean, I am in the minority, maybe. I actually like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. And uh, although she kind of actually bugged me in this one, but but I sort of liked seeing... Yeah, it was kind of funny to see her. Um, I I liked the doll, the cuteness of the doll. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> That's about all I liked. I liked that they made the punk rock sister not a total jerk. I guess she redeemed herself. Sure. Well, she but she was never she was never an asshole. Like oh, she, she threw away the doll. Well, she pretended to throw. Well, but it was a good thing. I mean, the thing was a weird influence on her. Well, sister. Well, but sure, but like that whole thing of like she fell once briefly and not even that bad during this great performance she was giving, and this is somehow some like super embarrassing life ending event at the school. Well, That's, anyway, my point is, is that it would have been a trope to yeah. make the sister evil sure. um, and, you know, like just consistently sadistic towards her sister. And that, right. that would have been the main antagonist. But I like that the sister was rolling her eyes a lot at her sure. younger sister, but also like uh, loving and cared and about her. Care for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also really liked that scene, the scenes of her at school where she's awkward, although I'm like... They should have picked a less beautiful woman to play yeah. that character because it it she that girl is strikingly pretty. Do you know? No, that's fair. But but do you know what I'm saying about the performance itself when she's doing the dancing? Yeah, like that was great. No, and, it wasn't. What do you mean? She was doing great. It, but it's. It, have it, you ever watched teenagers performing at their little presentations? Yeah, I was in them. Yeah, I well, was, they're normally crappy. Yeah, but. <laughs> And there's a lot of rolling of eyes at some of these things. My my point was, my point, you know, stylistically, you know, I, I'm not going to pick on that point that you're making. But the point I'm trying to make is that when she was being awkward, as, as they're telling us the story, like when she's just walking through school and she's kind of not being uh, sociable or fluid with the other kids or something, um, they... They never made it so that, like, when she gets dropped off by her dad with the weird car and everything, yeah. um, instead of like the trope would be, you would have, you would, you would snap to, you would cut to kids, the cool kids, kind of snickering and, right. oh, what's going on with that girl? She has a stupid dad with a dumb car. Like they didn't do any of that. They just gave, they give a very realistic depiction of what awkwardness in high school really looks like, which is that other people either just don't even look at you because you're invisible or they just silently in their head judge you, yeah. but they don't visibly go, sure. you know, caca, caca. It's so silly. So I kind of liked that Brooker or whoever directed this one right. made it actually realistic. And actually when I saw the, the talent show 
scene, I, I was like, I actually kind of liked it because on one hand, she wasn't that terrible. You know, it wasn't well, that's like... That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a... Because tr- the trope would be, you know, it's awful. Like, you if you don't like Miley Cyrus, that's fine. But if you, if you are seeing a 15-year-old girl do the moves from one of the Miley Cyrus videos, and for, like, most of it, she was doing okay. Right. And, and then and, she falls for a bit. Right. Not even that bad. Right. Well, so yeah. the, the way I read that story was the audience was... Kind of like okay, yeah, it's fine. It's, right, they weren't like boo, ha, 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 right. loser, and it wasn't clear what the audience was thinking. You knew the audience wasn't like, whoa, this is awesome, but you didn't know if the audience was like, this is stupid. You, the audience was just kind of blank. They yeah. weren't confused. They were just kind of like, they were just kind of blank about it. Her, she got nervous at the end when she fell, yeah. and then and she ran off, and she made it awkward. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> No one in the audience, you know, there wasn't that asshole jock who stands up and says, that's stupid, get off the stage. And then she, you know, she did it to herself because sure, sure. that's what a lot of those experiences are. It's like if sure. you can fuck up a talent show thing and stand up and go like, oops, I fucked up, you know. Right. But if, you got, if, you, if you're personally insecure and you run off the stage, then you're kind of the one making it awkward. Do you right. know what I mean? So That's fair. the other thing I liked about the episode was that it was it was genuinely funny at times. I I actually kind of laughed yeah. uh, during some of the scenes. Uh, all right, so let's get to some of the bad things. Right. So for me, first of all, although this one, unlike the second one, did deal with a tech question, which is okay. So you know, you and I have this debate often. Will we at some point be able to uh, simulate a human in a machine? Uh, we don't have a debate. We both know that that will happen one day. Sure. But we've had conversations about it. So um, although that was the topic, I just felt like – and they do this in a few of the Black Mirror episodes. But in this one, they jumped so many steps and they buried the lead again. Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. So now we have full brain synaptical recreation in a tiny little package the size of an iPhone. For a low price. For a low price. That, and it's, that can move. Right. The, the thing can right. move and ambulate. And, and we're going to limit it because even though we have the full power of human brain, we're going to limit it to like 1% of it. And it's a toy for, for little teenage girls. Yeah. And there's no other devices like – And no one knows about – no one uses it for any other purpose. Right. It's not known that this is a thing. By the way, the creators that did this didn't think, oh, shit, we have copies of Miley Cyrus, multiple of them. So if something happens to her, it doesn't matter. We have her – Ad nauseum. Right. Forever infinite Miley Cyrus. Right. You don't need a hologram. Forget, I'm sure, do the hologram. But you don't need to read into her brain. We have her. Right. They could go, or they would go to Miley Cyrus while she's becoming emo, and they'd be like, so we will give you $10 million, and you can do whatever you want right. with the rest of your career if you give us the rights right. to have robot Miley Cyruses yeah. do what we want them to do. Right. And we'll so, make it clear that it's not you. Right, right, right. How do you so feel many about options that? here. Yeah. So many options. So that that bothered me. The second part about it that's very related is the this idea that, and I think you were, I'm sure, going to touch on this. This idea that okay, she dreams up songs. Okay, that's true. That's very common for artists that are doing music all the time or art all the time or things like this. But now we are going to read the music she's creating while she's dreaming, and with this like. Very advanced software. Pluck out the notes, like, one by one. Yeah. And then the thing that comes out is complete garbage and unintelligible. But we're going to tweak a couple knobs, and in 10 seconds, this is a number one pop hit. Yeah, that was, 
the dumbest. <laughs> I mean, as a songwriter, I was watching it, and I just thought, because I, I saw where they were going with it, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess you, you know, when they first, because I thought, well, it would be kind of jumbled, but you you would probably need another songwriter right. to kind of look at it and add their own, you know, it's sort of like when they remade John Lennon's songs after he died with the rest of the Beatles. Right. You had you had Jeff Lynne from ELO. Right, right, right. You had Paul McCartney. You had George Harrison uh, and Ringo. They were all looking at this very rough recording that John did, and they were like, well, what what prob- what was the the full the song vision, right? that he probably would right. have wanted to do? And it's probably not what the what John Lennon wanted to do. Right. If and John that was, was with full intelligible lyrics, right. with several chords as, of several parts of the song. So I thought that's what they're going to do. They're yeah. going like, well, it looks like she's trying to go in this direction. And then I thought they would go to like a producer and say like, okay, we need a beat for this song. And I think the lyrics, like lyrics, I could imagine being being formed by a dreaming person. You know, like if they're really thinking about it a lot or something. And maybe the melody or something, and maybe the chords, but not like, I mean, they dialed a couple things in, right? And the the production was perfect, the reverb was perfect, right. the compression was perfect, the beat was perfect, the EQ was perfect. Right. Like someone, they hook a thing up to someone's brain, and the entire production, full end end of story production of the song comes out. Again, right. you're bearing the lead. You, yeah. So people <laughs> in this world. Can just sleep, and you can extract you, the genius and make it way better than the dream. And <laughs> with literally in five seconds, yeah, with, you you, and you don't need to go into the studio anymore. No, you, don't. you don't need to actually sit down with a, produ- a producer. You just you just need this tech who yeah. can dial the thing in, and boom, you have this entire right. song. I just thought that was the dumbest well, thing I'd ever seen. And like, if you actually look in real life, the times where, uh, first of all, okay, like I'll just take me. I've written songs in my sleep. But when I say I've written songs, I mean that in my dream, I had kind of a melody line going through it, and I could kind of hear the production of it, but it was kind of just, you know, vague. And I certainly had like, Maybe a word or a sentence. It might have been a theme to it. Then I woke up. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I would like try to figure out the melody that I was hearing. And I kind of, okay, that's the melody. And I'm like, what was I talking about? And then through a lot of effort, I, I build a song about it. Right. And this has happened to me, you know, a few times. Not so tons. It, it's basically like a germ from yes. your dream it's like, that as in your waking life, you, you know, add so right. much more to. Like take yesterday, right? No, he didn't have the violins and the thing and this, and not even any of the words. He just had, da, 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 da. and of course that's already huge, but that's what he had. <laughs> right. So the the other part that bugged me, and I don't know if you noticed this, was it, during during the beginning of the episode when Miley Cyrus is she goes to the piano and she starts to um, write this song. And I can't remember how, how it went, but I think the sequence was she had these words and then she just, and she was like, oh, I, I got a song because she had like a line, like some lyrics. Uh-huh. And then she just sits down at the piano <laughs> and boom, song comes out. Uh-huh. I was like, what? <laughs> like you, you heard the, the melody and the chords in your head 
You know what I mean? Like it, it was well, too fast. It was yeah. sort of like in those in the shows when they when they're <coughs> when someone enters a room and they need to learn a dance and everyone is dancing a particular dance. And you can tell that the person is trying to act like they don't know how to dance the dance, right, right. but they very quickly start lock, doing the full tango, just yeah, yeah. lockstep with this fully choreographed dance. Right. That how would they know that was the next you know right. move in the thing? And that, you know that's what I feel like they did in so this episode. I could see that, although that one I'm a little more comfortable with in the sense that, assuming she was in spite of her image and stuff, a really top top world class musician like in Elton John, for example. Uh, you know, the story is that he would get lyrics from Bernie Toppin for songs like Yellow Brick Road, and he'd sit down and, but you know, within an hour, he'd have the song. Within an hour. Yeah. She sat down and within, sure. without even thinking, sure, sure, sure. without experimenting. That, that's more of a Mozart level thing. <laughs> I don't think even Mozart did that. I'm sure it was like a little bit like, um, da, 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 okay, da, da, da. Like it was, she was 100% confident Sure. From the time her hands hit the piano. It's just, I don't know anyone like that. Fair enough. Um, she yet, might have been working on it, too. Who knows? But okay, it did, fair I enough. can't remember this sequence, but it seemed ridiculous. The other thing is, is I hated the 100, 110% evil manager. Right. I hate any story that involves yeah, there was essentially no like this the, one. the yeah. wicked witch from the West. Yeah, she was completely evil. Like, just... Totally unfeeling. For a second, they tried to give her gray when she's like, you have no idea. I was t- I was younger than you are now when I became in charge of you. Yeah. But but then they quickly yeah. throw that away and move to 11 on the By the way, stuff. I drugged your tacos. Yeah. Um the other thing is that I didn't like was <laughs> the ending was so dumb. So we're supposed to think that this stupid ass fake ass punk ass band is somehow better or has more integrity than the pop that she was doing before. Like, <laughs> like in this world, in, and whoever wrote this and stylized it, they were clearly saying the pop world was fake and for kids and not, re- and not very authentic right. and real. And, my, punk, and Miley Cyrus wanted to be real. Yeah. You know, she wanted to be, she wanted to, be from the heart. Which you could have seen with that piano song she was trying to write. Right. Maybe. It, right? it was more soulful. Right. She, after <laughs> she's totally free, she can do whatever she wants. She starts basically a, a Disney version of a, <laughs> of a punk band yeah. <laughs> that the sister should have rolled her eyes at even harder. Right. Because it's like, right. if you're a pop singer, great. Yeah. You're, you're owning it. You're Fine. staying in your lane. But the Miley Cyrus <laughs> version of a punk band. Right. When I saw that quote unquote punk band, I just thought, am I watching the Disney channel? Right. Like, am I 13 years old? Yeah. That is okay. So this whole episode to me felt like a teen show. Yeah. And it felt, I don't know if it was on purpose to start appealing younger, but that seems like a really weird thing for black mirror to do. So favorite episodes of all time. Uh, White Christmas, you and I agree on that. Yeah, um, I would say "Be Right Back" is maybe my yep. s- my second. Is that for you? Like, is that? I a don't thing? remember my category or my my order. B- well, I got I a whole bunch before. here. That might trigger. But but I mean, we were always pretty aligned, so there might be a few discrepancies. Uh, the entire history of you. Yeah. Uh, the the one where you could record yep. everything yep. you yep. see. USS Callister. Yep. 
uh, Hang the DJ. Yeah, that actually. So Hang the DJ is one of, I think I had put that one as my second favorite or something. The rom-com one. Uh, San Junipero. It's good. Yeah. Uh, I actually really like... Oh, uh, actually, uh, what's the Crash Nosedive is probably in my top five. Oh, okay. I really like Balderdash. Not, well, not that, for the story, but for the... That's ex- almost a, its own category. That was an extremely entertainment exp- entertaining experience. But it was. I was... I was yeah. Me and my wife, you know, Stacy, we, we were like, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> you yeah. know, it was... I like Playtest. I don't think you like that one very much. Uh, I didn't. I actually started watching it again because for some reason, when I finished the third episode... It just went to that it one. It went to that one. And for a second, I'm like, oh, wait, is there a fourth episode? Because I didn't remember that whole beginning part with him leaving the house, Yeah, the mom. But then I was like, but this seems familiar. And then I remembered. Maybe I got to watch it again. I remember at the time, I was sort of like, oh, I know what it was, right? Because he goes to the Playtest and they put the little thing and they try to do the twists I think I got a little annoyed at, at some parts, but I did not like it. I did like it. I just didn't oh, okay. love it. It wasn't one of my favorites. I liked Crocodile, the one with the car accident, uh, the bike rider. Oh, and, right. And the, Top five for me. The woman like yeah. slowly descends into more and more murder. So actually, that one might be a counterexample because what was the tech in that one? That you could tell if someone's oh, lying. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Okay, uh, for a second I was like, was there really a lot of tech? But you're right, there was. It was it. They were trying to depict it like it was just into the future. Yeah, right. uh, Shut up and dance, the child porn episode. Yeah, that was intense. Uh, because that one kind of sticks with me. Yeah, I think about that one every once in a while. That was intense. Uh, I think Striking Vipers is in my top twelve or you know my top half, I suppose. Okay. And I think Smithereens. I I liked I liked that one. Because of the way it was written, the way the story was laid out to me. Uh-huh. Um, least favorite, the pig episode, uh, Black Museum, which we both agree on, yeah. and the Waldo moment, which I sort of forgot. Like I actually, uh, Waldo is definitely in my bottom part, but the third least favorite for me is still, um, so I agree with the first two, but there's that, oh, the bees. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I thought about that, keeping the bees in the top or the least three favorite, but I was like, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? It, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like the pig episode. I was just so bored. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And Black Museum. I was just bored with Like that Black one. Museum like ruined, like yeah. I'm starting to get actually tired of the Easter eggs yeah. that like in, in, in this season, there's a whole bunch of Easter, there's a whole bunch of Easter yeah. eggs and I'm like, stop it. Stop it. You're, it's not clever. Right. I was about to say, it's not clever. <laughs> yeah. And, and one of the things that he does is he puts them into news crawls. Right. So you're watching the news. And right. if you really look at the news crawl, you see there are references to other episodes. And it's like, that's not genius. You just right. added that at the last minute. Because I, I, I could respect the like actual Easter eggs. Right. And that like... Like a year w- later, someone's like, oh, my God, I just realized this one thing. Right. One thing yeah. in episode. In Balderdash, there were like, I, I believe almost every other Black Mirror <laughs> episode was referenced. Yeah. And that's not, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'll give some of the references, like some of the video games. And, uh, and Balderdash. Like there was a video game called Nosedive, which right. I thought was kind of okay. And I thought in, in Balderdash, you could kind of get away with it because it was like this different thing. But the the problem with the the... What was the the one with the the season finale? The Black Museum. The problem yeah. with that one is that 
that's all it was, really. It was well, like it, it literally put things into the same yeah, universe, exactly, like, in a way that made zero sense. Right, right, right. It was just not yeah uh, fulfilling. But I, I would say that you're right. That for me, the bees were just more like boring. It was a boring episode. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about your dislike of Waldo, because I also it wasn't one of my favorites for sure, but I didn't dislike it as much. I uh, didn't like it because it the character really annoyed me. The little mop, <laughs> muppet or the puppet. Yeah, and I thought, and the guy who was controlling him, I kind of felt like. Well, actually, maybe I, maybe I don't really remember why I hated that. I guess the way it ended was a little yeah, it ended kind of dumb, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I, the reason I liked it a little better was because it's not too far from. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe I shouldn't put it in the. I in my mind, I was just like, eh. but definitely, black, definitely not in the top half. Yeah, though. definitely black museum and yeah. and the pig one for sure. And we've talked to other people who have literally said their favorite two episodes. <laughs> Where the pig one and the black, the black museum. museum. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The pig one, uh, but but I definitely have run into more people who will not watch the show because that's the only one they watched and they, they, they thought it was atrocious. I've heard from a handful of people that the pig episode is one of their favorite. Oh, my God. Yeah. But is it like I wonder what it what is it about it? Because is it just the shock? Like, oh, my God. Fucking so, a pig. What will they think of next? <laughs> so the way I think of it is this, is when all of us approach TV shows, movies, yeah, we are not just watching this thing. We are watching it in reference to everything we've ever seen before right. and particularly things that we like and resonate with us. Right. For you and I, we have seen things to the extent where that episode – did not wasn't new enough. Even though I've never right. seen an episode like that, it wasn't new enough. Right, and there were lots of tropes in that episode that were so glaringly obvious. Like, right. like I've said this before, but you have the prime minister, and he's looking at his team because they know they have this guy who kidnapped the princess, right. and is saying, uh, "Well, the prime minister has to have sex with the pig, or else I'm going to kill her." And the prime minister is like he's just kind of waking up to you know his team knew about this and he was he was <coughs> pulled out of bed and he arrives at his office and he's like what and they t they brief him and he's like he's kind of freaking out and he's just like well I'm not gonna have sex with that pig but you know so what's the playbook here and his team <laughs> in the United Kingdom who deal with terrorism and have been for decades they look at him and say we don't have a playbook for this <laughs> and I'm like. Are you effing kidding me? You don't have a playbook for a for a hostage terrorist situation? Well, not one involving a pig. Yeah. Like, how about you just go to the general... Generalize it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and right there, I, I said, my God, the writers are really trying to rush this yeah. thing forward. Everyone's acting in that was and completely the, unrealistic. Yeah, and the wife right. made no sense. No. She's like... You know, uh, she, she's she's like, don't do it, don't do it. He's like, I don't know what to do, honey. I right. I, I I don't want her to die, and my my team is telling me to do it. The people want me to do it. Right. I don't want to do it, <laughs> but I feel like I kind of have to. This is awful for me. I don't know what to do. And he does it, 
And then she completely drops him. <laughs> like, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you saved someone's life. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with you? And it's like, what? Like, how did that make any sense, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, Ridiculous. And the lingering, too. They lingered on the porn pig scene. Like, it, they didn't just close the door right. and fade to black. Right. They... They they didn't show it, show it, but they yeah, they went to town with trying to show it. <laughs> yeah, and it was I was this is not what I want to be doing on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, you know. But even that, like, so to me, and I think that might be why some people liked it is that <gasps> so shocking. I guess I've seen enough actually shocking and disturbing movies where this was just like. Uh, okay <laughs> you know like <laughs> sure you can fuck a pig i guess <laughs> yeah all right well so we liked season five of of black mirror we I liked think, striking well it sounds like i like striking vipers um i you were mad i enjoyed i actually and technically enjoyed all three episodes yeah but certainly the last one i enjoyed it the, the way i would enjoy a teen show on some channel as far as a Black Mirror season, uh, I, I am a bit underwhelmed with this one. I, I'm, I like it. Okay. I like it because I was wondering if Brooker was going to go fully up his ass. Okay. Because he did, he did Black, Black Museum, Museum, and then he did Balderdash. Right. And I was like, is Black Mirror going to go right, completely right. off the rails now? That's fair. And I and, will say that Fighting Vipers is not like that. That that one was fairly standard. Yeah, standard. and Smithereens too. Yeah, pretty standard Black I think, Mirror. I think if Smithereens had had for me had had more of a future tech implications kind of thing, then I actually would have liked it more. So I really like that we're getting back to basics. We're creating just regular episodes, All right. and 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 we might actually lose some of the. The Fairweather fans, the people who are new to the game that weren't really into the show from the beginning right. and wasn't watching it when no one else was watching it, right. you know, because like I, I want Black Mirror to make many more, many right. regular Black Mirror style episodes. You know, there have been shaky episodes from the beginning. Yeah. You know, the White Bear episode, yeah. what had had some weird kind of things in it. That's true, but. It's such a good show because when you compare it to other TV shows, like the new Twilight Zone TV show, have you watched it? I watched one, I think one episode. Yeah, and I was the I, comedian one. Yeah, yeah, pretty good episode, I thought. But it's nothing people, like Black yeah. Mirror, you know, and it's not right. as interesting as Black Mirror. I know a lot of people hated on it uh, on that episode, I, and I've only seen that episode. I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was no. fine. Yeah, I liked it. But I wasn't I I didn't watch episode 2 of Yeah, Twilight. that's right. I wasn't hooked to watch more. Right. It, but it, I might go back to it, but but you know, it says something. Yeah. You know, whereas Black Mirror, I binge those every time, you know, they come right. out. And and so it says something that a sh- an American show, Twilight Zone, right. was essentially right. you know they were saying we got to We got to cash in on the We got to do the Black Mirror thing. <laughs> yeah. Now Maybe they made a mistake by trying to make it very much classic Twilight Zone style. Sure. Because it very much is in yeah, it's, Twilight Zone style, which is different than Black Mirror. But what I would have wished they would have done would have been like, let's just create American Black Mirror. Like, yeah. let's let's do that and it, advance, maybe not tech-oriented for uh, necessarily, but... 
right. that kind of style of of writing. Well, I actually, I mean, I I want a supernatural Twilight Zone. I one of the people that I was briefly talking to that didn't like the episode and stopped watching it halfway through totally misunderstood the the premise because they were like. Well, so this comedian makes a deal, spoiler alert, this comedian makes a deal with the devil and all of a sudden he's supposed to be funny, but like he wasn't funny at all. And I'm like, wait, you didn't, you didn't get, like, That's okay, you didn't watch the rest of it, I guess, because. Yeah. <laughs> well, you must not have watched even halfway through yeah, because. exactly. Yeah. Um, and the criticism I've heard of Twilight Zone, the new Twilight Zone, is they should, they should just make the episodes half an hour. Like they're hour long episodes. But oh. they could easily be fit into an hour, half hour space. Uh, I don't know. The Black Mirror? No, no, no. What I say? Oh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, Twilight oh, Zone. Maybe I misheard. Okay. Maybe yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I'm already feeling like I wanted more exploration of the tech in the yeah, first yeah. one. It's no, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, I could have watched <laughs> some. Although I think Striking Vipers was the right pace. No, that, it's fine. They're, they're not too short by, yeah. by any means. But like, they're they're what, each an hour and a half, right? But our favorite episode is, is White Christmas. Yeah. And, and that, that episode is like an hour and 40 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, it's pretty, I don't pretty know bur- burly. Anyway, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle in which we talk about Black Mirror Season 5. Thanks for joining us out there. Please, Please. take care of yourself because... I almost stepped on your line. Sorry. You deserve it. <laughs>